Yeah, go get ready. Come on. Go get your shoes. Come on. Go put your vest on. Come on. Come on. As a matter of fact, go get all your stuff. Come on! That's right. What you saying? This ain't worked out. You better go get your hat and come on! And here's the reason He saw me up there all alone So for my sin he did atone He purchased me, I'm not my own I want to please him Hello everybody out there in Radio Land. This is Derek Steele and you're on Faith Street with Derek Steele. And we are so excited to have you back with us and to be with you today. We have an exciting program lined up. Uh, we're going to do a great teaching that you don't want to miss. We're going to address some things concerning drug addiction and alcoholism and, and just addiction period. And uh, our message is simply that there is a way out and Jesus, as he said, is the way. And so what we're going to do is uh, we're going to start a teaching that the Lord gave me a while back, uh, an outline uh, called Proclaiming Liberty. You ought to say that, say, I'm proclaiming my liberty. And uh, proclaiming liberty will help us come to grips with addiction, sin, and dysfunction by embracing God's grace as it's given to us through his word and what God has declared in his word concerning his children, we're going to learn to proclaim and experience through the application of his spiritual principles. And as a result, we will grow spiritually and we're going to allow God to destroy every yoke of bondage while at the same time receiving more of the Holy Spirit's unction to function as the able bodied ministers we were all called to be. And so through this powerful study and fellowship, we, we want to begin the exciting process of recovery, wherein we will reclaim all the blessings of life and godliness that the devil has stolen from us. And so I know as I, I'm talking to you out there, some of you, many of you are struggling right now with some form of addiction. And if you're not struggling with some form of addiction, you know someone who is. You may be a parent. You may be a sibling. Uh, you may uh, be a child of a someone who is addicted and we want to just bring to light some very powerful truths and practices that can bring liberty and uh, and we want you to understand that it is through the proclamation uh, our, our proclamation text today uh, is found in Luke 4, 18 through 19. It is the text that Jesus uh, uh, found in the book of Isaiah uh, when he opened up his ministry and he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he, he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. This proclamation is a ministry proclamation and it's very Important to understand that as we're called to ministry, our ministry is the ministry of Christ Jesus, our Lord. Uh, the first section of this teaching I've titled Addiction and Sin. Hooked, 
uh, is another word that we use when we talk about people who are addicted. They're hooked. And when you understand what hooked is saying, when you say that, uh, when you're fishing and you're trying to catch a fish and when you get him on your line, you say, boy, I got him hooked now. And we want to understand that addiction is 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 the same thing, but it's the devil who's fishing. It's the enemy who's been fishing and 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 he gets sets the bait out. And when we take it, then we're hooked. Amen. But how many know that Jesus will set us free? Jesus can and he will set you free. And we want to emphasize that in a great way today. But first, we want to get an understanding of what we're dealing with. Uh, that was one example. But but uh, when we define an addiction, what is addiction? Well, it has been defined as the uncontrollable attachment of one's desire to certain specific behaviors, things, or people, which ultimately become preoccupations and obsessions that in turn take over and rule a person's life. Proverbs twenty five twenty eight says, he that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. A city that is broken down without walls. That means it has no real boundaries. Amen. And especially during the ancient times, uh, biblical days, uh, it was important to have a wall because you had many enemies who would attack you. And that wall was that boundary to protect you from people who would come in and try to assault your nation. Um Dr. Gerald G. May, in his book, Addiction and Grace, says, I am not being flippant when I say that all of us suffer from some form of addiction. However, from the standpoint of one having been delivered from drug addiction myself, I would say it this way, that everyone is confronted by their own demons, many of which employ addictive strongholds. Because through my experience, I, I realized, man, addiction is, is demonic, Addiction has come to destroy. Addiction has been employed by hell to drag down God's people, to drag down anyone that it can to prevent them from giving glory to God. Temptation comes from the enemy. It doesn't come from God. So the devil is real. Demons are real, but we give them no undue credit because they have no authority over born again believers who are empowered with the word of truth. Jesus defeated Satan over 2000 years ago, and we can walk in that victory today. I said we can walk in that victory today. Hallelujah. Ray Geisel, the author of Walking the Twelve Steps with Jesus Christ, describes addiction in four primary ways. Number one, he calls it spiritual sickness. Spiritual sickness. And that's key. That's foundational. That's basic. That That's the heart of the matter because the whole point of addiction is to disrupt your spiritual fellowship and relationship with God. Number two, he describes it as an attempt to escape pain. And this is how it works. This is how it operates. Because life, life has pain. Jesus himself, he said, in the world you shall have tribulation, but I've overcome the world. And so uh, the pain of things in the world can 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 draw a person into a place of becoming addicted. Number three, compulsive behavior. Uh, it, it, it can be described as compulsive behavior because this is how uh, it begins to operate in a person's life. They, they compulsively uh, are doing things out of compulsion. Um, and then the fourth thing is insane out of control behavior. It gets bad. It gets bad. Uh, people begin to do things that they they realize that they they 
should not do at all. Should it, It's not a part of their uh, upbringing. Uh, it, it doesn't make any sense. And, and, uh, but they're caught up in that kind of behavior. He also speaks of what he calls uh, the three C's of addiction. Number one, craving. And it goes back to that compulsive behavior, craving. And I remember that craving uh, in my life uh, when I was addicted. My addiction uh, involved uh, crack cocaine. Uh, that was that was the worst thing. But it had begun with with marijuana and a little alcohol and and uh, powdered cocaine. But the crack cocaine took over and was the strongest craving. And it became what they call your drug of choice. Um, and so I, I described that craving to many people uh, that may not have ever experienced it. And it's, it was like uh, like someone had your umbilical cord, your umbilical cord, and they were pulling you by your innermost being and you were being drawn to the drug and to the behavior. Um, the second thing that, uh, that Ray Geisel, Geisel mentions uh, in the three C's, the first one craving, the second one control, loss of control. When you don't want to do it, you're doing it. When you, uh, and, and you tell yourself, I don't want to do this, but I do want to do it. And, and you have conflicting uh, mindset and feelings about it. Uh, you realize that it's, that it's unhealthy for you. It's not good for you, but there's still this craving that makes you want to do it. And so it's a loss of control and you give in and you go out and, and use again. And that third one is continued use. Uh, you want to stop, but you just can't. And so I, I wonder... Uh, are, are you one of the ones out there now that can relate to any of these descriptions or symptoms? Uh, all of these behaviors and signs have been attested to by those in active addiction. However, the true nature and root of addiction has even deeper implications. Um, the doctrine of sin, because we realize that sin is the real problem, uh, the reason that we want to go out and use, uh, the reason that we we started using uh, is, is because there's this innate desire in our hearts to do what we ought not do. Uh, the Bible teaches, uh, it says, as it is written, there's none righteous, no, not one in Romans. And uh, and I want to take you. To um, to a text right now in Romans, um, and and to to understand this thing is is that that we understand that as we we read our Bible, that we are taken to um, we're taken to many areas that help us to really understand from the very beginning that sin is an innate part. Of the human nature And that in order for man to be set free There has to come a change of nature and, but, but that change of nature can occur and, and I have no doubt there are many people Who are Christians But they're still caught up in addiction it's Not to say they don't, don't believe But their faith is not operative In, in the proper way they're, they're not operating in their faith properly And they've gotten caught up in a trap They belong to God But the enemy is now oppressing them And keeping them from the calling of God in their lives um, Yes, Romans 3, 10 says There is none righteous, no, not one uh, 
and, and there's none that understandeth. There's none that seeketh after God. And this is all of us. So, so uh, we need to understand that this is a liberating scripture. It, it, it condemns sin, but it liberates us and to, to help us realize that if we're suffering from some form of addiction, we're not alone. We're, we're, we're not the only ones. We're not the only ones with a problem. And many, one thing that really blessed me uh, when I found myself in uh, the recovery center there at Disc Village, uh, I graduated the program there at uh, what was called Natural Bridge Recovery Center out at Disc Village in Woodville. And uh, one of the most liberating things that hit me was that the 12 steps were so beneficial to me as I began to do the 12 steps that I began to realize how blessed I was that I was at a, a starting point. I was at square one, but so many people need to get back to square one who've never gotten there. And many of those people have never done drugs, but their addictions are out there in other ways. And they have so many problems and have so many facades put up that you don't, you may not know what they're going through, but they're going through something detrimental in their life. But I found that God had allowed me to get into a program that was setting me free. And man, I began to realize I'm not alone. I'm not the only, I'm not just so crazy. Everybody's got a little craziness about them because of sin. Amen. And so we, we want to understand that. We want to uh, declare the scripture that says there's therefore now no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. And this text from Romans 3, 10 through 19 goes on and says, uh, they all are going out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. There's none that doeth good, no, not one. Their throat is an open sepulcher or grave. With their tongues they have used deceit. The poison of asp is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways. And the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Amen. So all sinners... All are sinners and need a savior, whether you're a crack addict or whether you're a CEO who's hooked on on money and hooked on power. I mean, if you're an alcoholic or whether you're a a pastor in a church and you're just full of pride, whatever it is, is sin. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And all of us have been touched by it. And there, there, there are uh, different areas in our lives that we must give to Jesus, amen, and allow Jesus to set us free. And there's, there's, there's a, um, giving it to Jesus is not just a flippant thing. Giving it to Jesus is just not something that you just uh, necessarily do easily. Amen. Sometimes we need to follow a pattern of just trusting, learning how to trust in God. Amen. Um, Jesus Christ is our way, though. God came to save us from all of these maladies. God himself through his son in the person of his son, Jesus Christ, the living word. Bible says in John 1, 10 through 14, he was in the world and the world was made by him and the world knew him not. He came unto his own and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the father full of grace and truth. 
Amen. This just declares some of the dignity of the greatness of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. You ought to just give him glory right now. I don't care where you are, what you're doing. You just give him glory right now. Praising him will, will begin to your, your process of recovery. Praising him will lead you into new areas of life and living in liberty. Amen. Praising him is one of our strongest forms of declarations and proclamations as we proclaim our liberty because our liberty is not based on our own good deeds or based on our own goodness, but it's based on his goodness and his work and his power and his love and his grace and his mercy, even his faith operating through us. Glory to his name. I want to talk about the divine vacuum. Dr. May in his book asserts that each person has an innate hunger within their spirit to love and to be loved. All of us can relate to this as we take an honest look at ourselves. Uh, Dr. May uses a term which we Christians more than anyone should understand. It's called the God-shaped vacuum. The God-shaped vacuum. It refers to our intrinsic need and desire for God, no matter who you are, no matter where you come from. Uh, this desire is the origin of our most noble hopes. It is the stimuli for our highest dreams and greatest aspirations. Dr. May says it is a hunger to love, to be loved and to move closer to the source of love. The divine vacuum is a place within our spirit that was created for God to inhabit. And when we neglect or reject his presence, there remains a void of love and all genuine amenities that accompany it and him. First John four sixteen says, God is love and he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. In essence, everyone needs God's love. Sin is the barrier and the force that pulls man away from God's love. Theologically, we understand that sin is at the core of all our problems here on this earth. The force of sin is driven by an attempt to feel a need or hunger through insufficient means, which excludes the true source of fulfillment, God. So then when we see that psychologically sin is empowered by two forms of behavior, Dr. May invokes the following two terms, repression and addiction. And I want to talk about that a minute. Repression and addiction. First, repression. This word describes the self-defense method that a person may impose to avoid the vulnerabilities and possible pains that certain thoughts, feelings, or desires may produce. The word passion. Passion describes strong, loving desire and comes from the Latin root word passus, which literally means suffered. So in essence, to love is to suffer. Hence, the true example of love is seen in what we call the passion or crucifixion of Christ, because no one suffered more for love than Jesus Christ. And so then repression is the stifling of a healthy and normal desire. We want to love. We need love, but somehow we begin to, to defend ourselves uh, emotionally and repress those feelings through fear of being hurt because we've been hurt before. People repress their need and desire for love in order to minimize the possibility of more hurt. Through repression, people attempt to lose all awareness of the desire. They seek to keep focus on other things, safer things. Psychology calls this displacement. However, repressed things never really go away, but are always around to face us when we are ready to face them. Subsequently, the desire for God is always lurking around on the borders of our consciousness. 
and even more so than other displaced desires, it reminds us that it is there to deal with what deal with whenever we're ready to deal with it. So this behavior is the result of demonic influence and at its root is a spirit of fear and and even torment to repress something that you need to have out there is detrimental to life. Second thing I want to talk about is addiction. Addiction, we talked about repression. Now we want to talk about addiction itself. Uh, it, it really is the opposite of repression. Instead of stifling desire, addiction attaches certain desires. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Addiction then literally refers to an unhealthy and uncontrollable attachment. And this word is derived from a, an old French word called attaché, which means, it literally means nailed to. It's been attached. It's been nailed to addiction actually nails our desire, attaching and enslaving it to certain behaviors, certain things and and even certain people. So then addiction is an unhealthy and uncontrollable attachment to something, someone or some behavior. It is the twin of repression and it's also the work of demonic influence in a person's life. Sin in man is a generational curse and a dis-ease. Notice uh, if you take the, the, uh, the word dis-ease and separate it, D-I-S, dis, uh, it, it's non-ease. It, it, it's not at ease at all. Uh, it's a disease. Addiction is just one form of it. Amen. However, if this is where our inheritance in Christ, uh, what I want to say, this is where our inheritance in Christ pays off. For he has equipped us with everything we need to live a victorious life, free from the power of sin. Now, according as the scripture says, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. That's second Peter one, three, according as his power hath given us all things. He's given us everything we need. He's given us everything we need to live this life. He already knows that we're, we're dealing with problems, issues, troubles. Uh, we're dealing uh, many people with abuse, uh, many people with misuse in their life, many people with hurt and pain. And he, he himself said in the world, you're going to have tribulation. But then he comes back and he tells us, but I've given you everything that you need for life and godliness. And it's through the knowledge of him, Jesus, that's called us to glory and virtue. Sometimes deliverance comes with a prayer and with a touch, a little anointing oil. Uh, however, in other cases, it comes through a process of educational application along with that oil, along with that prayer. And although Christ has given us all things and he's finished the work of our redemption, our realization of it and experience of it oftentimes manifests in increments, uh, increments, I meant to say, due to one's level of knowledge and understanding. See, incrementally, we learn incrementally, we we gain incrementally. Sometimes we we grow to what we need to be incrementally. Sometimes people are set free. Amen. Because sometimes it's a matter of that person just letting go of the addiction they're holding on to. It's it's holding on them. Now they're set free. Christ has set us free. But there's this level of our of our, our own selves having to say, I let go of it. Amen. So every Christian will attest to the fact that the abundant life is an unfolding one based upon our level of desire to know God and to grow in the knowledge of his will and his ways. The ultimate absolute truth 
that we stand on is the fact that God can and God will remove the malady of addiction from anyone's life if that person will diligently seek him and his word. And that's desire. That's that's a passion. Man, it's saying, man, I, I, don't, I don't want this no more. I don't want to live like this anymore. I'm, I'm tired of this malady. I'm tired of this chain. I'm, I'm tired of this bondage. And, and that's at that person where, where we know that God will and he can remove it. But we've got to let him know we want him to remove it. And, and that's where we need to be. Um, and, and that's why uh, we, we understand uh, in the rooms of addiction recovery that oftentimes a person just really has to hit that level, that level of a bottom in their life. They hit, have to hit uh, ground bottom, as we call it, um, to really get to a point where they uh, realize that addiction has no value, that the the behavior uh, has no value at all. And uh, as the AA book says, many people don't recover until they see recovery as a life and death matter, which it really is. So any any addiction left unattended leads to some form of destruction is either swift or slow, but destruction all the same. Some form of sociopathic behavior is always induced by addiction and it manifests in a kind of temporary insanity. And this develops out of a desire to be in total control of self and others. In essence, the person has declared himself or herself God and therewith marches about to assume that authority. Amen. I mean, you you decide when you're on the streets or when you're doing drugs. Where you gonna go? What you gonna do? How you gonna get some money? Uh, all of it. You know, you decide you're not listening to anybody. You're doing what you wanna do. And people give you advice and you don't follow it. Um, and, and the thing is then, you are God. What God is telling you through someone else has no matter. And you've decided that it's all the way you believe. And, and that's just not the way it is. The sociopath mindset holds the model. Don't box me in with all kinds of rules and disciplines. <laughs> but the truth is humility then must lead. The constructing of a strong fortress of recovery must consist first of a firm foundation. Isn't that right? Christ in the word of God is that foundation. But in order for one's fortress to stand, it must also have a strong structure. It must have these four walls I want to present to you today. These four walls of strength. The first one I just mentioned, humility. It will guard against false pride and the ego syndrome. Amen. Humility. First thing it says is I don't know everything. Amen. First thing humility says is, is that I need help. I, I can't live as an island. I can't live on my own. I need help. Amen. And God is my strength and my help. And 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 so it really gets the person to the point. Uh, Psalm 10, 17 says, Lord, thou hast heard the desire of the humble. Thou wilt prepare their heart. Thou wilt cause thine ear to hear. Hallelujah. See, see, God is moved by our humility. He's not moved by our arrogance and our ego and our pride, but he wants us to humble ourselves and present ourselves to him that he might minister his healing and his grace to us. The other scriptures, Proverbs 29 and 23, Isaiah 57 and 15. If you have a pen, you can write these down. First Peter 5, 5 through 6, James 4. 6 through 10, all of these talk about how humility uh, plays a great role in our, our deliverance and in our walk with God. The second wall of strength is honesty. 
Honesty will destroy all forms of personal delusion and darkness. Yes, honesty shines a light of truth on everything. Luke 8, 15 says, but that on the good ground are they which in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it and uh, bring forth fruit with patience, which in an honest and good heart. See, it's out of an honest and good heart. Amen. Nothing hides or lurks in the dark. Hallelujah. But but it's open before God. Hallelujah. And before uh, certain men that 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 what's going on in your life. Amen. You got to be honest. We've got to be honest with ourselves, honest with what's good about us, honest with what's bad about us. Amen. Honest with with good behavior, honest about what's bad behavior. We have to uh, uh, we have to draw the defining line in our life so that we can understand where we need to be. And and more more text on that. Second Corinthians eight twenty one. You can also look at Philippians four and eight and uh, Romans 13, 12 through 14 talks about honesty. Amen. Jesus said, ye shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Amen. We need to come to grips with truth. Uh, that's one of the great things uh, that really blessed my life was bringing truth to life. The last thing is hope. Hope will silence the voice of the past to anchor the soul and strengthen the heart. Psalms 31, 24. Be of good courage and he shall strengthen your heart. All ye that hope in the Lord. Hallelujah. All you that hope in the Lord. It's about hoping in God. Knowing that. Don't give up your hope. No matter what's going on in your life. Know that God's grace and love is sure and true. So hold on to your hope that oh, that day's coming. That God's going to do something in my heart. I'm calling on God. That's where we where we come into our deliverance. Is where we meet God. Amen. Where we come clean with God. And we let God know that our hope is in Him. It's not in anything else. It's not in our own, our own goodness. Our own talent. Not in maybe getting some money one day no that I can afford a very expensive it's not about affording an expensive program it's about getting the program of God operating in your life and it first starts in your heart and I have so much I want to share about this from my own testimony which I will in the future and then the last the fourth wall of strength Hunger. Somebody ought to say, I've got hunger. Amen. Everybody's got hunger. And, and then uh, their craves and, and desires. Amen. But we need to direct our hunger and our craving and desires uh, towards the fullness of life, which is found in Christ Jesus. One text just says, he is our life. Amen. Matthew 5, 6 says, blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Hallelujah. Because we're hungering and thirsting after the right thing. Amen. God's going to give it to us. He's going to fill us. Amen. Uh, that's what the Holy Spirit does. He fills us with righteousness. And and that's a desire for right living, right standing, to be right. Amen. To be on God's side. Hallelujah. To, to live a life without any condemnation from self, knowing that you're doing what God has called you to do. And the enemy can't bring any accusation against you. Amen. Hallelujah. Hungering and thirsting and realizing that even in my failure, I 
I still have Christ's righteousness operating in me. And any righteousness that you see in me is really not me. I give glory to God because it's Jesus in me. It's the righteousness of Christ that I'm hungering and thirsting for more, that I may be uh, molded and shaped and, and recreated more and more into the image of Jesus as every uh, passing moment goes by. Uh, throughout every day of my life, I'm growing and becoming more like Jesus. I, my desire is that, that when people see me, every day they'll see more of Jesus. Every day they'll see more of Jesus. Hallelujah. These are our four walls of strength. Don't forget humility, honesty, hope, and hunger. Dealing with addiction and sin. Amen. Jesus is our victory. Jesus is our solution. Amen. And so we encourage you to get a hold of these truths and to operate in them. Allow God to operate his grace in your life. Amen. This is uh, uh, the whole point and message for today uh, that, that God is wanting and desiring your deliverance. God, hallelujah, is calling you out. And God is your solution. And he's given us our way out through Jesus Christ's son. And as we call on the name of the Lord, we are truly saved. I don't care what it is. Uh, we're saved from sin, death, hell, and the grave. Amen. But we're also saved from, from poverty. We're saved from addiction. We're saved from pride. We're saved from uh, a, 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 a high temper or a bad temper. We're saved, amen, from whatever it is we need salvation from. We recall upon the name of the Lord. Praise his holy name. And right now, if you're not saved and whatever salvation you need, you can pray this prayer right now and, and you can be saved. I want you to pray this with me. Uh, oh, Lord Jesus, I see you and I recognize you as my Lord and Savior who died to pay the penalty for my sins and yet rose from the grave after three days with all power in your hands. Lord, forgive me of every sin. Accept me as your own child. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Write my name in your book of life. Use me, Lord, to your glory. And I thank you, Lord, that I, I know according to your word and by the presence of your spirit with me right now, I am truly saved. Hallelujah. Glory to your name. And if you prayed that prayer, then yes, you are truly saved. And we just thank you so much for being with us today. Um, before I go, I want to... Um, I want to say thank you to our, our radio program sponsors, uh, uh, the Dream Foundation and Mr. Michael Dobson there uh, for his graciousness and kindness towards us in supporting us. And also uh, the great Dr. Joseph Camps of the Advanced Urological Institute and my own good friend, Pastor Avery McKnight and the Powerhouse Church of God by Faith, uh, Mr. Scott Thornton and Apogee Signs, uh, who at once I used to work for uh, when they owned the uh, Prestige Cleaners. Also, Bishop Michael Moore and Powerhouse House Church of God in Christ. Uh, I want to thank them for their gracious, kind support and over the years. He was my uh, childhood Boy Scout. Uh, he was he was our uh, our Boy Scout leader. Amen. And um, also Miss Gail Milan, Mr. Charlie Elder, uh, Mr. Tyrone Davis, and Direct Auto Exchange Attorney Harold Knowles, Pastors Richard and Andrea Letford, my great pastors and mentors and leaders whom I love so dearly. And I would just thank everyone uh, uh, in Radio World who's been supportive of us and uh, Pastor R.B. Holmes, P 
Pastor Robert Shelley, Pastor Mike Floyd, Pastor Ivy Williams, all who have been mentors and supporters of mine over the years and many others whom I haven't had a chance to name this time, uh, but you're on my heart. And so I just want to thank you for everything that you have done to support us over the years and to support this radio program. I also want to thank our good friend, uh, Mr. Beigler Thompson at BT Performance. Hello, I am Beigler BT Thompson, owner of BT Performance Unlimited Paint and Body Shop and Auto Repair. We want to thank you for 25 years of service in the area. We offer free diagnostics and free estimates. Insurance and walk-ins are welcome. We can make your vehicle look and run like new. We are located in the Airport Industrial Center, Call us at 575-6262. That's 575-6262. As we close out today, please remember 1 John 5 and 4, which says, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. This is Derek Steele saying, So long out there. Don't stress. Be blessed. See you next week on Faith Street. To believe my God.